The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by a mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime. Where sexual assault is so common, you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, bulimia, obesity, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the guy with the flu, the man that wrestles with other men half naked in their underwear, Bear Fiora. I kind of feel like I wouldn't be getting this sick this often if I didn't have this kind of Do You spend all of your time wrestling around on the floor with other men. I, I am either coaching or training, which is now taking up a majority of my life. So unless I'm sick in bed, not doing anything, I am at risk of getting sick consistently. And you keep giving it to me. You live with me. That's not the point. You're fired. You're like boyfriend fired. Um, Wait. no, it's, uh, you spend all of your time when I tell people, they ask what you do for a living. Like, are you seeing anyone? I'm like my co-host. I see my co-host. Oh, just, he just do the show with you. Well, no, he does other stuff too. Like in his free time, uh, he does, you know, he enjoys greasing himself up and wrestling around in his underwear with men. You should see the looks they give me. That sounds like that. Uh, I can't remember. It used to be a competition where they have the ladies kind of wear the bikinis. They go fight in a mud pool. Or yeah, whatever. it's, it's exactly oil wrestling. Oil oh, wrestling. I don't make it sound like you're wrestling. I make it sound like you're a hooker. I tell them you get paid to wrestle other men in their underwear. Yeah. Or to wiggle around with other men in their underwear. Okay, wiggle around definitely gives mm -hmm. the wrong impression. I, I, yeah, it's, I say wiggle around or you get on stage in teeny tiny underwear and perform. Yeah, that one's more the male strip of the <laughs> gigolo pathway. It's anything to make you sound less tough. That's okay. But I, I only I, do it when you're listening. I, I now have, courtesy of uh, I Capture Violence on Instagram, I have professional proof that I, that I uh, hit wrestle men in that their wrestle underwear. other men in their underwear. <laughs> Dude, so uh, it is so exactly what you it sounds did, like. You did just have your fight. I did. I, I did, did not actually it. watch your fight. Mostly I hid behind my hands, peeking out every so often. You know, I, I, you know, thank you for showing up anyways, though. Thank you for coming and watching. I appreciate the support. Do I have to keep coming? Yeah. Okay. You have to keep coming. Uh, and how did you do in that fight? I lost. You lost. I lost the decision. It you wasn't... are on a losing streak. Yeah, it's pretty sad for me. But um, <laughs> I can take pride in this fight because this was my fifth opponent change. He took it the fight two days before the fight was Actually, supposed to Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. No, no offense. It's not that I don't love you, mm -hmm. but I am more impressed with your opponent. Yeah, like right. straight up. This dude is a badass. Yeah, he took the fight two days before 
notice he cut a ton of weight to make sure he got even close. We actually mm-hmm. set the catch weight at 197 before him. And you were underweight. And he, he was underweight. He was, he was way overweight for that because he's normally a, a light heavyweight. Or, or normally he's a middle light heavyweight. So 185 pounds at 205 for fighting, but he probably walks around closer to 230 pounds. And so when he had to cut the weight two days before, he's probably dying. Uh, I, I thought at first he just didn't like to talk to me or he didn't want to say <laughs> hi when we did the weigh-ins. I think he was just malnourished. Yeah. Um, too too uh, incoherent to oh, hold the conversation. Oh, quick shout out. Okay, what is his name and where can people follow him? I'm. I, can we, we're going to put that up. You guys mm-hmm. should follow his opponent. He was absolutely amazing coming from he's, – he's originally from Jamaica. But what I found most amazing about him is to step in last minute like that, that takes some like – brass dangles yeah and no, it was and it was a risk for him now it may have been heavier than me but for all he knew i hang on one second for all he knew uh i was gonna walk in there and murk him i was gonna take him out entirely didn't go that way even though i may have liked it to go that way it didn't go that way so he took a big risk to come out and do this and really uh really helped out we appreciate it um anyways so hats off to uh vegeta black vegeta v-e-g-e-t-a Black spelled B-L-A-Q-M-M-A. No space, no capitals, all one word uh, on Instagram. So thank you again, sir, for coming on. Is, is he a Dragon Ball Z fan? He's a Dragon Ball Z fan. He's a badass. His fight team and coaches actually call themselves uh, the Super Saiyans. S-U-P-A oh, Saiyans. that's awesome. So that is really cool. But thanks. Yeah, hats off to him. It was a great fight. Uh, it came close. I think he probably got it on points at the end with that last takedown he did on me, which kind of sucks. I, I do have to say, like, you came in under. They kind of squeaked you up to make you make weight. And he yeah, came in I over came and in, they kind of squeaked him down. Pound, <laughs> I came in half a pound underweight. They legally probably wouldn't have let me do it unless I can put on a couple of ounces right then and there. But they did bounce bump, bump mm-hmm. me up so I could have the fight. Because at that point, after, mm-hmm. after finding five different people for this fight, they're like... He's at yeah, one. so he he, came, he came in over. You came in <laughs> under. Uh, on average, he outweighs you by like forty five pounds. He probably that day won. he yeah. uh, he w- walked out weighing thirty pounds more than you. Yeah, he probably then, weighed about 220, 25 pounds, and I could not break one hundred ninety five. <laughs> it life was fair. I do have to say, there was one point where he tackled you. And dude was twice your size. All I saw was your legs and arms sticking out from under him. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to kill my Snucky Bear. I'm going to say this is this is the one bit of hubris I'll have for the fight. He took me down and he's on top of me and I, he, he couldn't hit me. But as I'm working my way up, the crowd, I could see the crowd's uh, anxiety. Everyone was like, oh, my God, you're right. It's over. Yeah. As I'm picking myself up off the ground underneath this guy. Because the first the moment he took me down and slammed me, everyone's like, oh, this guy's done. He's half the dude's <laughs> size, and he's got tackled to the floor. He's not getting back up. But I pulled it together, stood back up, and mainly the fight was on was on our feet. You guys did what you had. Really I think you guys had the best the, fight of the night. The audience. You know, it was, a, it was a whole night of great fight. Shout out to USFL putting on a wonderful event for both children, which I did commentate on, uh, and I commented on the adults too after my fight. Yeah, you and did. the adult fights were really I, good. It was a very good night. They didn't do any pro fights. They were all doing having they were having a laugh though, because mm-hmm. you went straight in your sweaty ass little tiny booty shorts, you went straight over and started commentating directly yeah. after your fight. Well, my, co- my coach, Joe Stevenson, is a former UFC uh, title contender. He was there commentating with us, and he had to go monitor the kids while I did the kids commentating. So he's there prepping them for their fights. I'm there talking about them during their fights. And when they were all up and it was my turn to go fight, he actually asked, hey, when you're done, do you want to come back over and join <laughs> me? And I said, well, they didn't really put me on for the adults. Will it be a problem? They said, no, nah, they love you. Go and do it again. Do it anyway. So I walk back over. I'm stumbling. I'm exhausted. 
did. It was actually my first fight where we did three three-minute rounds. I yeah. loved it. I love having three-minute rounds. You like the I was, longer rounds. I love the longer rounds, but I was tired. I was absolutely tired going through the motions of that. And so I'm walking off and everything's a little bit You know bit people fuzzy. are listening going, wait, tired. wait, wait. You had nine minutes of fighting and you're tired? Yeah. Like what kind of wimp are you? <laughs> No, you know, it's funny. Most people in a random altercation, most street fight energies, they last 30 to 45 seconds because everyone's going Hail Mary hoping to take that other person out. But then they don't realize if they last longer than a minute, they're not going to have the energy to continue at all or continue uh, moving at all. You can see it when guys come out and they're fighting the first round, they blow their load, which means if that they don't, they don't, if they make it to the second round, that was it. And I knew it with my opponent for that matter. Once okay. we got to the second round. You don't round, need to explain to the audience what blow their load means. We have plenty of people, boys that are listening know, girls that are listening have experienced it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, when we got to the second round, I knew he was tired. And that's kind of the same way it goes for everybody is if you Well, explode, he just cut 415 pounds to had, fight he you. He was exceptionally more tired than because of that fact. But <laughs> like you can you see it. Cut, in, Hang on, you've cut weight. How do you feel when you cut weight? Terrible, just exhausted. And you can see it in everyone else who's watching their fights or watching, or you can feel it. Um, there was one, hold on, our sound engineer sending mm -hmm. us something. Fighting or in most dudes are good for 30 mm -hmm. seconds and they need a nap. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dead on. Because <laughs> they're not going to survive longer than that. But yeah, I, there was a, the fight before us actually was was a was a beef kind of fight. The guys really did not like each other. In fact, they got in trouble for fighting before their fight. Are they getting suspended? Um, they I got believe. suspended for that actually. But they went out there after round one. Both were so tired. The 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 guy who was a better the guy who used to coach the other dude, which is what they were fighting about. He had more energy. He was more ready for the fight. But both were just totally. Why do they hate each other one. if one dude was the other dude's coach? I don't coach. know. I think like, they they separated over something and they had some bad blood between them. Like you wouldn't go fight your coach. I mean, granted, like Joe or Sam would like bounce your head off the ground. Well, here's the thing: neither but... none of my coaches currently, <laughs> except for one, are still actively competing. Um, but I really like that guy anyway, so I wouldn't want to fight him no matter what. <laughs> And so anyone who I could fight who would have been instructing me, I either, as far as over the time period of my life goes, I probably could beat currently or would never want to fight anyways because they're either done or they scare me. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam would give you a wedgie and pull your underwear over your head and uh, Joe would just choke you to your blue. Yes, I, I, <laughs> I feel you are exactly right on that. I've seen, I saw what happened when you kicked Sam in the head, dear. That was a he trending really video. Upset. That's <laughs> he, funny. But no. He pounded you like veal. <laughs> Do you pound veal? No, you pound tough beef. Oh, okay. But I, you I were veal at the soft. end. <laughs> it's a, there's a great video, guys. If you do get a chance, jump on at Bear Fjorda and you'll see him, um, Joe beating him senseless on the side. Uh, uh, no, Sam beating him senseless on the side of a cage. Yeah, it's a very popular video. People <laughs> just seem to enjoy me getting hurt. <laughs> there's a great one. Oh, you should do like a jujitsu thing with uh, Joe and see how blue he can get you. Uh, he will happily choke me unconscious for video. <laughs> Didn't he just put a shock collar on you? He did. And if I already post, put that video up, actually, if you guys also want to go see me get hit by a shock collar, uh, <laughs> go to the same thing. But here's TikTok, the question. Good, yeah. Once you had that shock collar on, did you drop your hands? No. So Joe no. was right. Fact, it was very he effective. Get, he, had to, he had to make it harder by saying anyone else who drops their mm -hmm. hands during training uh, got me shocked. Yeah. And everyone was very nice to you. Until the end. Until the end. They figured you needed the content. Yes. <laughs> Well, very nice of them. So that's what's going on in your fight world. Yes. What's going on in Hollywood? In Hollywood. Oh, boy. Well, mainly silly drama, actually. Something that caught my eye was the latest Meghan season. Meghan Markle's a skank? 
actually there was a story what? about sorry, her, I but um, I chose not to talk about that because I figured yeah. you were already going to be upset by Meghan I, Markle. Really, I, I'm upset um, by a woman that is like consistently I, insulted my royal family I, I, and has lied consistently. Yeah, why would a, I be a upset? A talk show host, I believe, by the name Kristen M or something to that effect. She was mm-hmm. upset that uh, Meghan Markle continues to re- to refer to her husband as her husband. She does not address him as Harry, and I kind of want to believe that's a bit of backlash from the online uh, community who yeah. consistently refers to her as. Harry's wife. I think it really comes down to they're making a huge deal over an irrelevant part. You want to complain about things, complain about the stuff that she lies constantly. Oh, she is totally not worth this uh, segment where people are just so upset over how she addresses Now, all of that being said, there is, I, I know people have said, you know, oh, she's not receiving these racist comments. She is. There has been a great deal of racism criticism sent towards her. That ain't my problem with her. I'm yeah. sorry she experienced that. She's still an asshole. No, absolutely. And then you know, on the side note, which we can actually address when we come back, the last season of The Bachelorette, season 19, uh, pretty much ended with the couple getting a divorce immediately after they got it. So I just kind of wanted to, to broach on the subject a little bit of how reality TV is never ever what you expect. And so, and it's actually, I think it's becoming out to be more and more hey, fake. They're doing, they're doing a reality show about Sam and one about you. So shut up. Don't tell people it's fake. If you can't see, All right, I'm mine, <laughs> mine and Sam's shows will not be fake, but everyone else's shows are fake as fake. Or hell. Ellie's, because we don't want about Ellie. Or Ellie, or Ellie Ringo. Everyone else's <laughs> Everyone shows else's is are fake. fake as hell. Because um, apparently they, they caught the wife like mm-hmm. not wearing her wing on ring on other oh, shows. That's, that's the and least then they're of like, it. and then they ask her, "Oh, are you guys broken up?" Like, no, we're just we're just on a break. You know, we're kind of busy, so we don't have a lot of time for each other. The worst of it is on uh, Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire? First season, the lady that married the millionaire got killed by the guy. But you know, it was wait, Who Wants wait, wait, to Marry he a Millionaire? Hit man or something? No, he just killed her. Wow. So it it wasn't Who Wants to Marry a Nice Guy. It was Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire. That's true. She the, won. The guy obviously went on a TV show for a reason because he yeah, couldn't find he's, love. He's an asshole. Um. So reality television has definitely got its problems. That being said, I make a lot of money there. So shush, guys. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we were supposed to have Rob from McDojo Life. I know we promised you guys a do-over because of how horrible our uh, Bear and I Stuck at McDonald's episode was. We'll try and get him on next week, I promise. But today we are on with Kink for Dummies uh, talking about butt stuff. She's going to love these. And I know. She hates the term butt stuff. And its effect on Hollywood and how porn is going mainstream. We will be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, 
business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the hairiest bear in the cage, Bear Fiora. Thank you very much for bringing us back. So you agree you're the hairiest bear in the cage? Well, I'm definitely hairy less when I'm in the cage because sh- <laughs> we have to shave my back before he fights. <laughs> you can't tell people things like that. I don't do that. No, yeah, he doesn't totally shave his back before his fights. I naturally am bald on the back, but fully hairy on the back. <laughs> Speaking of hairy, do you know it is a trend right now for pubic hair, like full-on pubic hair is coming back in style? I guess it's a backlash to the fully, fully bald. I'm kind of surprised to hear that as I didn't think we're still out of the whole manscaped concept yet or the whole womanscaped concept yet where people are shaving themselves like babies because they find it more sexually appealing. Well, that was kind of weird. No, it's extremely weird. That, that said, I, wa- I watched porn as a kid and as a young adult. I'm not going to say I didn't watch plenty of videos where the women or men were completely shaved. But it just – you don't think about that, how weird it is, until someone points it out to you. So I'd like to point it out to our millions of listeners. I do have to say I keep everything bare. But it came from being an underwear model for an extended period. They didn't like to see the hair under the end of underwear. Mm-hmm. Speaking of hair, she's going to kill me for this, uh, this segue – because, you know, this was the worst possible segue I could give. I want to give KMXTEND hair extensions a shout out. Thank you so much for my red carpet wigs. I'm looking forward to wearing it to the AMAs. She gave me these amazing wigs to wear on the red carpet and is saving my hair so much grief. Because i got to tell you, the amount of damage I do to my hair before these events is disgusting. You can ask Snuggy Bear. Uh, you go through it, you kind of look like you're getting a salon heat treatment every single time you do your hair. It's it's really terrible. I hope what I said makes sense. I love this comment. There has to be a balance between 70s bush and bold somewhere. You'd think so. You think the landing strip might no, be a like the comment. Landing strip and arrow. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be designs. People people have already started drawing designs in the hair on their head now, and they're gonna grow their bush out like supreme, and then they're gonna start. They have in pictures of it. It's like the hair extensions. Uh, that I got, uh, by the way, again, KMX, uh, T-E-N-D, hair extensions. They also did my hair extensions, not just my wigs. But uh, they don't make Merkins, but there are companies that do make Merkins, which is like a glue-on pubic hair. Speaking of pubic hair, she's going to love this intro too. The, the, I, I love that the, the people that gave me my wigs for the red carpet are going to kill me, and so is Lex for this intro. I'd like to welcome to the show uh, Kink for Dummies. G'day. Welcome to the show, Alexis. Speaking of hair. Hello, yeah, good of afternoon. Hair. That is the worst intro ever. <laughs> Hold on. We're, we're on live radio. Is it untrue? That is, like, somehow <laughs> impeccable timing, and I'm not even going to acknowledge that with a response. Uh, you heard her first, though. She did not answer the question. So what do you think of the resurgence of pubic hair in porn? 
I think it's good. Like, pubic hair serves a purpose um, in general, and so I think it's a good thing. However, I'm not sure if it's going to last with all of these porn stars for so long having to go completely bare. I think it's going to go like a lot of the models and actresses not be able to, one, grow it back. I think the irritation from the glue wearing Merkins is going to be terrible. I, I got to say, Lex is not wrong. On a personal note, I've been waxing since I was 16, and things don't grow back normally once you rip it out from the roots forever, so you just kind of got to stay bald. It's like the people that overplucked their eyebrows in the 90s. Or the ones that yeah. did laser. Like, that's not coming back. No, it's not. And I can tell you from experience, it sucks. Because, like, you, you can want things to be cute and fluffy and nicely yeah. trimmed in. They just don't grow that way. Do you think you look we, like you're going through puberty? Do you think we might be facing a cultural shift where perhaps here in the West we're going to start regrowing the hair? But I have it on good word that in the East, for a lot of pornography, they were already leaving it completely hairy. So something like he says, I've got on good authority. So in the pair in the porn bear watches, it's there's still hair there. I will say. Um, Part of the reason the hair got removed in pornography was because the women crossed over from modeling to porn mm. and they realized that you can actually see in more detail with the hair removed. And a man's penis looks bigger when you trim the hair back. And they want that They want that effect. The effect, yeah, because the men are well endowed, but they're not as well endowed as they look in film. They choose smaller guys with smaller girls and above average penis sizes, so a Eight and a half, nine inch penis looks like a massive monster when the guy's five foot seven. That's a good point. Um, and then the, you trim the hair back and it looks even bigger. I'm just saying. So news out there, if you have an underdeveloped penis, you're rocking that three incher, uh, just be five foot four or two. It'll look much more impressive. Just cut the hair. It'll look more interesting. But do you know in Michelangelo's David, the reason his penis looks so small is back in the day, they believed that smaller penises meant you were an intellectual. So everyone wanted the smaller penis. Alexis, I'm going to ask you, you are our resident BDSM expert. Why have people gotten into the large penis as a cultural, uh, as a social status? I associated with don't know, but I think it does have a lot to do with the fact that everybody's watching porn, not everybody, but a good majority of the population and especially after COVID with everybody being a lockdown and porn having such Huge a, surgeons. Yeah. Well, large penises have been associated with masculinity here in the West in more recent times. The stranger part, though, is it's given men this unrealistic standard of what the average penis is. I can see that. I can also see that it's given an unrealistic expectation of what a penis is supposed to look like. That's true, too. Uh, even uh, circumcision in the in the West is considered normal, Um and I know I'm going to share things about Bear. You're welcome. Uh, he said growing up, because he wasn't circumcised, he was actually very bothered by that. I, w I was only bothered by the, the, the um, I guess, how people would view it as weird. 
Like I didn't have a sexual partner who outright said anything or thought that it was weird or to let me know it was weird to my knowledge. But I think there's a at least a part of everyone who saw me or sees another guy who's uncircumcised. They're like, oh, that's not what I expected or or further along the line of that's weird or I'm not into that. You were the first person I saw that was uncircumcised and I tried to make you meet you show me your penis when we were just friends. You see, uh, well, most people are not going to do that. But just, just clarify that real fast. But yeah, you know, it's it's definitely weird when you're raised your entire life to think there's nothing relatively wrong with you. And even with watching pornography as a kid, I would see it, but it wouldn't correlate, oh, hey, my, my penis looks like this, but their penis looks like this, and that's weird for me. I only ever really focused on the size. Like, oh, well, mine get that big one day. How um, old were you when you were watching this? I started watching pornography, I think, at 10 years old. Who? I, so you're like nine, ten years old. And... I had an internet. I had internet access, and I was relatively unsupervised. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Keep going. Mm-hmm. And then that made you go. I'm sure your mother so... loves hearing that. <laughs> no, my 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 got great stories about my mom. I, <laughs> I I think I think one story in particular before I even started watching pornography, I didn't know how to get on porn, so I would go on to like these game these video game sites, and they'd have dress up games, and I would just undress all the women to make them look naked. Um, but then my mom would go on the websites and see, oh, this is what he's Googling and what he's playing. And she turned to me one day, Jared, are you gay? <laughs> I think I was nine or 10 years old and I, I didn't know how to register that. So I just, I quickly said no. And she said, are you sure? Cause I really wouldn't judge you if you are. And then she, <laughs> so of she's course, like being a good parent. And then she of course asked me why I was doing whatnot. But the point is, I think <laughs> Did you that, tell her why you were looking at the games. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think when people, especially young men look at themselves and they look at porn, they have immediate, and I think same thing for women actually probably have immediate self-conscious issues because then they think I'm not to the standard of what people are going to expect when they see me naked. I need to somehow fix myself or fake it in a way that no one's going to know the difference. Points to the plastic surgery industry. Absolutely. So actually, that leads me to our next question for you, Lex. What do you think is probably the best option for young people who are going to be watching this stuff? Maybe the change hasn't quite happened yet, but there's still plenty of things going on where people can be self-conscious about watching porn. What would you advise them to do when they start thinking, oh, I am less than what I see on screen and I need to fix myself? Buy a penis pump. That doesn't make it bigger, well, that just makes it work. That, but I don't think that's <laughs> going to change their body positivity issues. No, I think actually a great hang deal on. I, I, I Hang on, I'm cutting in. The only body positivity I like is the body positivity <laughs> that was about people uh, being positive about their body when they've lost limbs. I am not into this every fat person is healthy bullshit. <laughs> well, you don't like the Victoria's Secret movement? I'm still mad at Victoria's Secret. Do you know how hard I worked to look good? Anyway, keep going. <laughs> I think actually it doesn't necessarily need to come from the children. I think that because there is such a resurgence with porn and it's becoming so mainstream, I think it really we need to put this on the adults to educate the younger children. Yeah, make more realistic porn for children to watch. No, I think that we need to educate <laughs> the children on, you know, sex in general, especially here in the United States where it's something that's gone completely out the window. I Do think you that still- we need. Please go ahead. I think we need to give people a, reg- a realistic expectation of what people are supposed to look like. And I think by focusing on sex education from younger, I think that that would help aid in that in the future 
I agree with you on focusing on sex education younger, but as far as body positivity and realistic, whatever, that doesn't sell movies. It just, it doesn't. No. Actually, this this is good because I'm curious about both your perspective right now. So to Summer and to Alexis, what what do you think will inevitably change to allow for more common people, the more common look, to be viewed upon favorably? Or will that ever change? Okay, well, America needs to go on a diet. But so you're saying people are too fat. That's okay. Peace yeah, they're we, deeply we really unhealthy. Are. America has gotten really deep down healthy. I know. I chunked up when I got here. I'm just saying America is deeply unhealthy as far as the way they eat. I think, one, they should not be allowed to advertise fast food the way they do. I think one side of media is affecting the other. And the more fat society gets, the thinner and more disproportionately built you're going to find people in film and television and porn. So you think that it's not so much the industry that creates the film that needs to change, it's the people themselves. If they want to see people on screen who look more like them, stop making yourself unhealthy. No, that that they need to do just because it's healthy. If you want to see people that look like you on screen... Put your money where your mouth is and watch that. But people don't pay for content they don't enjoy. And there is an entire uh, section of porn that's into specifically like the barely legals. They don't like girls with breast implants. They don't like girls with bleached hair. They're like very natural looking girls when they're new to porn. But after they've done four or five pornographic films, they shift these girls into wanting breast implants and hair extended to, to, to look the more traditional porn star style. Well, I think even you said so yourself that they only have three films before they're no longer considered an amateur. Pretty much, yeah. And they now have different expectations and a lot harder field to compete with. Uh, Lex, what do you think What uh, will help and get people to look more like themselves on the screen? I think amateur porn is definitely assisting in that. Um, however, I don't really think, I think that by putting porn essentially in the hands of the people daily is giving everybody, it depends on what they're looking at. It's gone like, it's gone like media. It's more niche to people's tastes. Yeah. Because you're talking about changing taste. Guys, we'll get back on this right after the break. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with host of Kink for Dummies. Make sure you are following them. Learn all about BDSM. Today we're talking about porn, but in general, it's all about kink if you want a little bit of a spank in there. And, of course, if you want a different kind of spanking, follow at Bear Fjorda, my co-host. His spanking is more like choking and not the fun choking. It's the how to choke someone out and kick them in the face. It's way less kinky. And I'm Summer Helene. Please make sure you're following the show at TuneIn BTS. We'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co-host, the hairiest bear in the cage, the baddest bear in the cage, and the bear whose penis we were just talking about in the cage, Bear Fiona. I guess we weren't talking about in the cage. I, it exists in the cage, it's not out. <laughs> it's not cage. part of your fight no, routine. it's not part of the fight routine. I don't whip it out before the fight, <laughs> I, I, or during the fight, <laughs> or after the fight. Okay, fair enough. And our very special guest host of King for Dummies, welcome back. Good right, afternoon. Lady, so, Lady Kink, I'm going to ask you a question. We were talking beforehand uh, a little bit about how to get more real people in. I think Pornhub has done that for sure um, in that they're pulling content off of OnlyFans. That's the only way they're doing it. But I think OnlyFans has brought more more realistic views, more more realistic uh, people because people can put just put themselves up and there's kind of a key for every lock there. You can find anything that you're interested in. Um, but one of the negative side effects they're saying long term of having very thin shaven women in pornography is that it's given rise to pedophilia. And something that people have said in the kink community, which is specifically your neck of the woods, is that there is a large number of people who are into one pedophilia to rape. So they see that as kind of a negative cesspool of garbage. You're welcome. I can see that. But I would like to point out, so isn't Disney the largest purveyor of porn? Yes, yes, yes. they are. So <laughs> shouldn't we be able to say that Disney... Uh, causing body dysmorphia across all generations. Yeah. And first of all, Disney's since, always done it. Yeah, they've done it since the 1920s, probably. I know. When, but when they starting from children before porn to during porn. Okay, so Disney's an asshole. We got it. They've been doing it. They've been <laughs> no, doing I'm kidding. It Please hire me, Disney. Dawn of media. They have. They have. So do you think the influence of more hardcore pornography becoming more mainstream, not necessarily because of things like um, Fifty Shades of Grey, but even before that, I know, uh, Bea, when did you start watching BDSM porn? Oh, that was probably about maybe 12 years old, 13 years old. Maybe How did younger. you find it that quickly? 
So it's like any other drug. People don't seem to understand that pornography is an addictive substance. Just like anything else you can get addicted to, it gets worse and worse and worse progressively because you no longer get the same release of dopamine from the same level of viewage or the same type of viewage. So you see one porn, you love it, you watch for a while, but then you find the next thing because you get bored of that. And you don't typically go in reverse where you want to see less nudity and less graphic violence. You want to see more of those things together. And so eventually you find your way to BDSM and beyond. Okay, so, well, you said you're a kid, so you share a computer with your mother. Did she ever find it? Well, you know, I'd either, if I if it was on a laptop, I owned a laptop at one point. I had a PlayStation 3 with internet access. I had a cell phone with internet access. So I, while yes, I was stupid enough to put it on the actual computer that my mom would use, so she would inevitably find it or catch me. I think one time, I didn't know what BDSM was, so she actually asked me, uh, hey, Jared, how do you spell torture? Because I typed in torture porn, and she found that search, but I obviously spelled torture incorrectly, and that was her way of telling me, hey, I know what the fuck you're watching. By the way, uh, every time we curse on the on the radio show here, we get the, uh, what is it? We, we, we give money to the boys, of girls, boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. So as, we, as I was saying, my mom knows what the fuck I was doing on the computer, <laughs> so I would just inevitably learn, oh, well, I won't use the computer right now. I'll go back to the other systems, and maybe I'll get better at hiding it one day. I never mm-hmm. did. No. no, so torture porn is what you called it. Yeah, because I didn't know any better. Don't look that up, kids, because you'll find something, but you won't find probably what you're looking for. Kids if you should want not BDSM. be watching this show. You're right. Kids don't watch BDSM <laughs> porn, but don't look at porn anyways. Right I meant now. You're this show. You're too young, and it's ruining. <laughs> we know they watch this show, and you're ruining your minds. Wait till you're fully developed to make that decision at 25 years old. Really. Hmm? You know, at least your brain's fully there by then. I'm just saying. You <laughs> yeah, should never do it. At some point, we'll talk choice, about the list of your sexual behaviors and what age they were. Or do you not want to tell your viewers that? I preferably not. Let's start with the, <laughs> Alexis is the porn person that's on right now. So we'll discuss hers. All right. We'll discuss Alexis's porn. Fabulous. Uh, Alexis, when did you first start watching pornography? I would have to say, I think I was about five or six years old and I found my daddy's uh, Playboy magazine collection. It wasn't really found it. He left it in the corner of the room. So it's not like it would be hard to miss. When did you start seeking out pornography? might be a better word. I think I was about 15. So you both started watching pornography quite young. You were nine, ten, my God. And Alexis See, I, I think because, was... Oh, I think the difference is I had internet access. So did... Oh, did you have internet access, Alexis? I did at 15. Uh, so I didn't... So you got younger. Younger. <laughs> she internet access. She was on porn. Fucking got it. it. porn immediately. Okay, so do you think watching pornography so young affected the way you guys view sex? Do you think that's why you're both into to kinky shit? No, I think it doesn't have to do with influence. I think that has to do with curiosity on my part, at least, and just liking to find out the way things tick. Explain. Well, for me, I love the human body, and I love being able to see to what extremes the human body can go. And no, this is not snuff porn or anything like that. I just like being able to see how far it goes before pleasure turns into pain or vice versa. Yeah, I I know you're into the human body. You have a naked picture of my dad on your wall that my mother drew. It's deeply uncomfortable. But 
so for you, it was about experimentation. What about for you, Beth? Correct. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and say kind of the opposite of her. I do believe watching porn had a heavy influence on my on my interactions or my desire of what I want to watch or what I wanted to do sexually when I got older. And because had I never watched BDSM, I think maybe the most I ever thought about would have been what would come to me naturally. I fight, I choke, so perhaps choking would have been a concept for me sexually. But I would not have found, you know, things like, I don't know, animas or shock BDSM using electrical devices because that stuff wouldn't have been available to me to I guess review without the pornography and people agree to this what and people agree to doing this. I'm assuming they agree before they enter on to the show to get filmed <laughs> but you can say oh, you mean for me personally oh, you mean me personally yeah yeah okay I thought you meant the pornography <laughs> like, I, like unless they're kidnapping people which, by the way uh there is a certain level of porn that is Featuring kidnapped victims yeah, a lot who of... don't have a say, and you are watching people getting trafficked. Yeah. So yeah, if you, if you masturbate to pornography, you are jerking off to human trafficking victims. You sick bastards. Not all of them. Feel guilty, and stop watching it. Stop funding the process. So you've gone from like hardcore porn consumer to anti-porn. Is that it? I'm anti-porn because I think it's bad for you, but I do want to acknowledge that aspect. Like, you know, it's bad for me mentally, but it's bad for a lot of people physically. So okay. you may you may want to consider what you're watching at the time. So I think if it, it looks unprofessional, it's probably because it is. Actually, something I've been a huge proponent of is I think porn stars should be allowed in the Screen Actors Guild, mm -hmm. and I would like them to be considered actors and treated in the same way as any actor, because I think that would stop the trafficking if it was union. Mm. Why would it stop trafficking? Now I'm curious. Why would it stop trafficking if it's union? Because then there's legal representation. So I'm union. If I get in trouble, I have union backing. I have health care. I have all the things that come with being union. I have help and protection. Well, how does it help that 18-year-old girl who got abducted last week in France? Her video couldn't be distributed because it's non-union. Oh, I see. So, so they you... would need proof of who you are and what you're filming. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I really very much would like to see... Uh, pornography and adult film actors given the same respect and protections that are given to any other actor. What about you, Lex? What do you think about that? I definitely think that porn stars should be able to be in a union, for sure. I am 100% on board with that. Now, film has gotten more violent. When I say film here, I mean pornographic films mm -hmm. have gotten more violent over the years. And uh, BDSM has become more integral to them, where once upon a time it was just like, oh, I dropped this. Oh, hello, Mr. Pizza Man. Now it's it's like verging on. Oh, no, it's gotten incredibly violent. Let's just call it a spade a spade. There's no storyline anymore. Do, no. Do you think that it's because people have less of an attention span, they've gotten more desensitized to porn, or do you think that uh, BDSM has naturally crept in as a progression, Alexis? I think definitely the attention span has caused it to become needing to get to the point a lot more quickly. I think that adding in different subcategories and adding people's preferences like you have an entire category which is cnc consensual non-consent which comes into play and i think that has to do partially with the trafficking on screen i hate to say it you know I, it's something else to think about too is i think people it's funny when you say it this way it's not going to make sense at first um people fetishize 
the porn that they watch. And I mean that in the sense of when you look at something and you look at, let's say you watch a video of a girl who's being gangbanged and you love that and you think about all the time, you sexualize it and you jerk off to it, you masturbate to it. Now you only want to watch that. So you continue to look for more and more functions and more and more videos that are about uh, young ladies getting gangbanged. And you continue to get worse and the algorithm picks up on that. So it only presents you with these videos. But now it's doing that on a mass scale to millions of people. And so inevitably the people who are crafting these videos are like, oh, they only want to watch young women getting big gangbang. Let's make more of these videos because they'll sell the content. And now you got a whole world of people who are only watching super violent porn because that's what we told the directors, we told the algorithm wanted to watch. Kind of people who are who fetishize any type of person or human body or act. They fetishize feet or they fetishize drowning or they fetishize whatever. Anything can be made of porn. Rule th- I think it's rule 34 or rule 32 of the internet. If it exists, there's porn of it. Water exists, there's water porn. Yep. You know, Pumpkins exist. You'll find porn that has pumpkins in it. So it doesn't matter what, there's porn well, of it. So people say, can fetishize anything. You say fetishize as if fetishes are bad. Do you think there is a problem with people having fetish- fetishes? No, there's not a problem with you having a fetish. Actually, wait, hold on. Yeah, there might be. Depends on what your fetish is. What is your is your fetish children? Do you act on this fetish? There's a fucking problem. That's not a fetish. But that's, that's not what a fetish. You, you look at it in all aspects. You can call it whatever you want. If you sexual yes, it is a crime. If you sexualize something, you are fetishizing it. Okay. Your call of whatever you can word it however you want. It doesn't change what it is. Now something should be illegal. Yes. So I, I think we're a little too soft in the porn world of like, oh, respect everyone's kink. No, some kinks are fucked up. Some people don't need the respect for their kinks. Okay, so if, if, you're you, kink, if you want to fuck a puppy dog. If you want to fuck an animal, if your kink is stabbing people in the neck and watching them bleed out as you throat fuck them, you know, your your kink is too much. Your kink needs to not exist, sir or ma'am. Okay. There's so people, you people think it's kink gone too getting far. eaten. People kink getting eaten. Yes. Yeah, Army Hammer. He he wanted to eat his mistress. Um, I think I think that goes broader for all subjects of life, but certainly in the world of sex, there are things that are either allowed or at least not looked down upon that really should be. What do you think of kink lady? I don't think that fetishes are bad. I think that they need to be taken into consideration. Um, as far okay, so as let's the, look at <laughs> how extreme you're going to go here. So Ami Hammer's between, eating people kink. I think if he had consent, it wouldn't be an issue. Wait, wait, wait. There was a dude in Germany that did that. Killed and ate a guy. But you he had you, consent. Yep. So and you, you think that should be allowed? I think that if the person consented to this, but I think that there needs to be other legal stuff into it. I think that it would need to be, you know, this person is saying this is what I want. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna spray to you with holy water next time. Should I they see be you. made to pass <laughs> a mental <laughs> health a mental health check? Like, what if yeah, this person they need is a mental unhinged? Health check. Yeah, you know. Yeah. More than that, what if this person has you know AIDS and they want to be eaten? And they're like, oh, I need you to get a test. Well, I'm not going to get a test if you want to eat me. You know, I think they just it opens up a whole broad world. But then, the, but then the question becomes, like, it should assisted suicide be legal? I do agree with that. But do I want I someone to eat that. me? Don't yeah. Want, I'm actually fine with that, too. If you want to go, you, should, you can go. But do I want then, you to eat me on my the, way out? I don't know. Then where's the line? But if the King person lady? wants to be eaten and the other person wants to eat them, what's the problem with it? Okay, so where's the line? When somebody doesn't consent? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'd say when you're actively... Non-consensual and it's rape. 
Oh, that's not that's cannibalism. They don't have to. Okay, have sex but what with happens you. if your kink involves children or animals? They're non-consenting. Well, you take the Nambla approach, where they believe anyone can consent. Fuck Nambla, except the Marlon yeah. Brando Lookalike Association. We like them. <laughs> the Shout out to Actually, South Park. Nobody Brando should Brando. fuck Nambla because they're disgusting pedophiles. <laughs> yeah. So, at some point, what what is the line between kink and crime then? Consent. Okay. And for you, when you look at pornography and you look at, at kink getting more and more wide, widely spread, do you think that's better or worse for specifically your community as the BDSM community? Do you think it's better or worse that kink is getting more mainstream? I think there's pros and cons. I think that, yes, it is good that it's becoming more mainstream and that it's not a taboo subject. And I think that it's good that people have the ability to express themselves. But it is a taboo subject. This show's 18 and over for a reason. Well, I I think historically speaking, when something became more public, it became less, uh, it became less of a a dirty secret to be ashamed of, less of a thing to be afraid of. Like when people became more, I think, what is it? Homosexuality became more and more mainstream here in the 2K in the 2000s. When that happened, we've now been able to push for gay rights, gay marriage. Yeah, I grew up in Australia. Nobody ever cared. My my point, (laughs) here in the States at least, my point is it became less of a problem. Okay. And people became a lot more sensitive to those individual feelings. Where's where's the line with... BDSM being more mainstream. There was a story of a woman online who got upset because her co-workers refused to call her partner her master. She compared it to gay relationships and said, well, this is my relationship. You need to respect to it and refer to him as my master. Well, now that goes back into the point of like, okay, how how far are we allowing people to take their fetishes before we say it's not a problem? It's how far into the woke, into the, okay, we're going to respect your feelings and do Don't this Don't pick on you. woke. <laughs> how far do we let it go? before it's too far, too much, or just unnecessary. All right, Lex, what do you think? I think this goes back to a consent situation. If you want to call that person that rather than their name, then that's your choice. But I don't think you should have to call anybody anything. So you don't think that they should be pushing their sexual relationship onto their coworkers by expecting them to call a master? Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. That was actually a very That's reasonable creepy in response. of itself. And HR should be informed of their behavior. <laughs> HR. Great. <laughs> so if that was your story online and that was the person you work with, call HR. Listen up, Reddit. Call HR. Yeah, they need to be they need to deal with that. That is not that is not a you problem. <laughs> so for you, with BDSM getting more mainstream, uh, you and both Bear are in the BDSM community. Does it we're talking about this woman having it in her life. Does it affect your everyday life? I'll start with uh, you, Alexis. Uh, does wait? Does BDSM affect my everyday life, or does yeah. having is it part of your? Is it part of your? We only, we are, we, we're four minutes to close, so keep it very very short. Does BDSM bleed into your regular life? Is it part of your regular life? Absolutely. It's part of my personality in general to be very uh, domineering, and I think you can agree to that. I've worked with you for how many years? 
10, you're kind of an asshole. Uh, what about you, Bear? I think my I think BDSM for me is still kept relatively in the bedroom. Yes, I'm a controlling individual, but I don't think I'm controlling in relation to, hey, you know, get on your knees and suck me off. I think I'm controlling because I simply want things to go my way. It's a little bit of the only child syndrome. Does that play into the bedroom thing where have it my way? I'm in control of the sex act? Sure. But does it always have its way? No. Do you guys find that having BDSM in your relationships changes the dynamics in your relationships? 100%. Yeah, I'd agree to that. And you two are friends. Do you find it affects your relationships? You like to be in control. Um, I don't think it affects our relationships, but uh, I do try and tell her, uh, anyone she dates that she loves to be dominated. So <laughs> that it probably has an impact on her relationships. <laughs> But in general, uh, well, for people know you and I are doing it, so I don't think it impacts our relationship. Just I, I met you her. and I met Alexis as friends. Does it impact your relationship because you're both trying to be in control? Oh, you like of each other? Mm -hmm. I will say this. I think I'm more than likely relent to what Alexis needs, but I think that's because she does a lot fiscally for my nonprofit, for my fighting. <laughs> She, for example, she puts me in the fights. She so gets she, me in contact with the people uh -huh. I need to. She helps. She majority of the time is the one raising money for the nonprofit. So, so I let her have. You. I let her have her way <laughs> because it's in my best interest to like, hey, let's not upset the lady who is making sure like I don't know rent gets on is, is paid on time for my <laughs> for your, nonprofit. For your nonprofit. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. if if she was not in the role of hey, she needs to control these things. Uh, maybe there's a little more pushback, <laughs> but right now, no. What about you, Alexis? Aside from apparently you're paying the rent for his non-profit. I, I think you, that we butt heads occasionally, <laughs> but it's only when I, I don't think that he gives in um, on some things. So we do <laughs> kind of butt heads. Just when he doesn't give um, in. Yes. <laughs> um I think in general, though, I think it's been beneficial and it's been quite funny because I've used his relationship against him. Like when he wants certain things to be said, um, I have a good relationship where I can screw with people's keyboards on their phones. And so, uh, so, so the reality is you're both very controlling, but you give each other your own space. So it doesn't negatively affect friendships and relationships. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay. So, Alexis, where can everyone follow Kink for Dummies? On Kink for the number four dummies on all pages. And if you want to hear about punching instead of kink, I guess that could be a different kind of kink. You follow Bear at? Bear Fiorda, Bear Like the Animal, F-I-R-D-A, no space, everywhere possible. And it's only kinky if you like bleeding. Some people do, I'm sure. And I'm Summer Helene. You can follow me at Summer Helene, which I know you guys have been tweeting, so I know you know where I am. Make sure you're following us at TuneInBTS, and we'll see you guys next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.